This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're taking an in-depth look at our men's and women's squash and swimming programs. Their seasons are already underway with some big matches and meets coming up. Meanwhile, the Bates men's and women's basketball teams both beat Southern Maine and the University of New England this week to avenge losses from last year. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Both basketball teams defeated Southern Maine on Tuesday at Alumni Gym. The women won 75 to 60 behind a career high 15 points. Five rebounds, five assists, and four steals from Emily Friedland. Top of the key for Connors. Now she drives into the elbow, kick out Davenport. They got a Friedland three from the corner. Got it! Emily Friedland one more time for Bates. She's been great offense and defense for the Bobcats. They lead by 11, their biggest lead of the game. The men prevailed over the Huskies 81-71 thanks to the Del Pesh twins. Marcus and Malcolm Delpesh both finished with double doubles. Marcus Delpesh scored a career-high 29 points and pulled down 12 rebounds. Justin Zukowski, who started this game, drives in, lobs it for Marcus Delpesh, who pulls it in. Now he posts him up, and he lays it home. What a play by Marcus Delpesh in the Bobcats' lead, 32-24. Meanwhile, Malcolm Delpesh scored 19 points, pulled down 11 rebounds, and tallied a Bates single game record seven blocks. Coin thought about it. Now Malcolm Delpesh along two. Boy, oh boy, he is feeling it. Malcolm Delpesh is seven of seven from the floor on the Bobcats lead 68-54. The Huskies on the move, good fast break, but what a block by Malcolm Delpesh of Leal's shot. After the game, we caught up with head coach John Furbush and talked about the Delpesh twins and more. That's actually what I expect. I'm not surprised. So they better bring that on next Monday, next Wednesday, next Saturday. But no, they, they, they executed the game plan to a T. Really happy for them. And I know, I mean, talking with Malcolm Delpesh on the Bobcast, he was talking about he didn't want to be a one-trick pony, you know, this year. He wanted to be able to hit some of those outside shots, and he did exactly that today. That must be great to see. Yeah, when, when we go our high-low and they don't guard him, they should make shots. I think he, got, he jumped the gun a little bit. He made one or two, took a three, which we're going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, in our film session tomorrow, but uh, no, when they when they can make those mid-range shots, we're going to be tough to beat. Absolutely, and then um, obviously a lot of other guys contributing quite nicely today. I thought Nick Gilpin played pretty well first year off the bench. Yeah, Nick's great. He, what he does won't really show up on the stat sheet, right. but he impacts the game in so many other ways. He's a great defender. He makes timely shots. He makes the great passes for the dunks. I mean, he just has a very high basketball IQ. Southern Maine tried to hang around, though, it seemed like, down the stretch. I mean, you're going to talk to the team at all about, like, trying to, you know, put the boot down a little bit more? <laughs> yeah, you know, this happened to us at Salve Regina last weekend, and we and I just said, we don't want to slow our pace down. I think they made a run, and we kind of slowed our pace down. We allowed their defense to get set up, so I, I still wanted to play quick. That's when we're our best. But for whatever reason, I felt there was a stretch where we were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. So we had to have a little talk and a timeout, and I think after that we started to push it out a little bit. And then, you know, who are some of the guys who stood out to you, just initial impressions, obviously the Del Pesce's, but who else maybe stood out in this game? Well, I thought Quinn Leary came in and made an impact. I mean, he's a, he plays the four for us right now, but he can stretch the floor and make threes. I think he can guard multiple spots. 
you know, I thought Justin Zukowski gave us some good energy to start. Um, you know, really all 10, 11 guys that played, I thought, contributed uh, in a lot of different ways. You guys have a lot of injuries right now, so it must be nice to see these players who are currently playing doing so well. Yeah, you know, with the hurt guys, you just don't know their timeline when they're going to be 100%. So we we got to assume that they're not going to come back and play the guys that are healthy. And I think that they've proven through three games that anyone can play and help us in a lot of different roles. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Thank you, Aaron. On Monday, the women's team held on to defeat the University of New England by a final score of 60-57 to behind a game-high 22 points and 13 rebounds from Nina Davenport. Shot clock and game clock almost even right now, 21 seconds. Davenport for three, that's huge! Nina Davenport with a big triple from the top of the key and Bates up by four, 47-43. After Monday's win moved the Bobcats record to 2-1 on the year, we chatted with head coach Allison Montgomery. Well, coach, a nice home win here over the University of New England. Um, first of all, Alec Capola gets in some foul trouble and you're able to hang on for the win down the stretch. What does that say about your team able to survive the loss for most of the second half at least of one of your top players. Yeah, I think especially given the fact that UNE has a really big presence in the post um, at, you know, 6-3 and um, Allie just being a really um, kind of seasoned player. And so while she's undersized, like knows how, I think, to physically defend a kid like that. So, yeah, I think Kelly got some really um, valuable minutes um, being physical with her and you know they both used up four fouls because she is tough to defend one-on-one -on -one. so um, but yeah I think you know we just talked in the locker room about the situations we've kind of been in tonight and our other games so far but just that we've been able to gain some really good experience as a team and definitely our freshmen like Kelly in that situation so and it seemed like when you need some points down the stretch Burnett Connors was there for you right Oh my gosh, she came in so clutch. She was five for six from the field, three for three from three. So just really, really efficient um, with her scoring, made really good decisions, and just was a really a leader in kind of taking the bull by the horns when she needed to. She had a couple threes, like shot clock going down. Um, so yeah, no doubt her play was so huge to our success, yeah. Now this is a different Nor'easters team than last year's yeah. team, and this is obviously a different Bates team than last year's team, and it yeah. showed today, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we tried not to focus too right. much um, on you know the result from last year but that was just such a such a such a low for us as we started the season um so yeah i mean um une is definitely young they graduated some good players but they definitely have that championship tradition winning, winning like multiple championships in a row and they have that ingrained in their program and um, with that big kid who's a senior um, and they have some talented freshmen but they are young um and so we just felt like yeah that while last year's result was really terrible for us um that that we wanted that to fuel us in a good way and also to focus on our our strengths over them this year now i know last year you did this a few times you did it again today where you basically just used seven players is that something you're going to be yeah, trying to do or is that, what what's the strategy behind that i guess yeah good question i just kind of i don't really have a strategy for that going into the game i kind of get a feel um for the game as it goes and it's just yeah i mean our key players have played really well um, in this first handful of games. So, yeah, I think down the stretch I would like to um, use more, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you about the turnovers. I mean, uh, big 22. concern at this point? Holy moly. Yeah, um, yeah I think – I'm 
not going to... Yeah, I mean, it's always a concern. It's something we focus on a ton. I think just trying to have more kids on the, on the court confident with the ball um, and composed in pressure situations. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, something that we're, we're focused on improving all the time. Yeah. And then Nina Davenport, uh, nice to see her shot get going there, right? Yeah, she was just... I just thought tonight she finally... I think she puts a lot of pressure on herself offensively. I thought tonight she just finally relaxed and let the game to come to her a little bit, and you could just see how much she can impact... Um, in different ways, not just shooting the three, which she shot the three well tonight, but um, just being kind of all over the place with her. I mean, she had 13 rebounds. She created so much off on offensive rebounds, just being a slasher and cutting to the rim. And so I thought she just kind of found her rhythm by relaxing a little bit tonight. Yeah, and then obviously it was nerve-wracking for fans, though, down the stretch. Very close fans. game. And <laughs> fans, coaches, yeah, yeah, yeah. players. Uh, what does it say about your team? They'll be hang on, hang on there because that's good That's good practice for when yeah. NESCAT games, right? We just talked about that. Yeah. You know, we are – you know, we want to focus on the positives and how we pulled that win out, but we did do everything we kind of could at the end of the game to give that to them, you know. And so I'm really glad that we were able to – still emerge victoriously after having a couple really tough turnovers down the stretch and just I think handling those pressure situations and having confidence in those situations but like you said we came out the win which is awesome and then building on that to think um, when we're in those situations next time we we know we can come out successful so all right coach thanks so much thanks Aaron the men's team improved to three and one on the season with their 71 to 68 victory over UNE on the road Marcus Del Pesh hit two free throws with less than two minutes to go in the game to give Bates the lead for good. He scored 10 points and pulled down a season-high 14 rebounds in the win for his second consecutive double-double. For his outstanding performances against Southern Maine and UNE, Marcus Del Pesh is our male Bobcat of the Week. Talking with our male Bobcat of the Week, Marcus Del Pesh here on the Bobcast. And first of all, Marcus, I want to talk about your career high at 29 <laughs> points against Southern Maine there at Alumni Gymnasium. It sort of looked like you and your brother Malcolm, just a lot of confidence on offense this year so far, right? Yeah, um, it's definitely, definitely for this year, like we know, know that our coach expects a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of me and my brother. So it's definitely been something, a role that we've been like, ready for. So definitely this, especially with that game, like we knew that we and Malcolm both had size advantages, so we took, we did what we were supposed to do. Sure, and then w when you're in the middle of the game like that, do you realize, we were thinking, oh man, I'm accumulating a lot of points? <laughs> um, definitely, I, th I noticed that we were both, I think around like the end of the first half, I knew that me and my brother had scored a lot, and but it wasn't like a m much of a conscious, app, conscious like recognition, it was more just like as I just kept scoring, everything was coming easy, like we kind of just got into like, got to a rhythm and it was like really effective and then i see some you know outside jumpers being hit you hit a baseline jumper malcolm hit a couple long twos yeah. john's not so thrilled with a couple threes have been attempted <laughs> but uh, what, what's what's been the development like of your jump shot um definitely like working with our assistant coach horning um i try to work out with him three times a week when we don't have games so it's it's been working out it's been working out a lot and i try to make sure i'm taking those shots in practice so then i can transfer over to the game and even though it was a loss, the first game of the year, you did hit that three to tie it yeah. uh, at the end of regulation. Take us through that play because, I mean, I saw it on the box score. I'm like, really? A three-pointer? What, what happened there? Um, so our coach drew up a play to um, do a screen and roll for our, a screen and roll for my uh, for our teammate, um, Jerome Darling. And so what happens is that they knew that Jerome was more reliable to be a threat from three. And so when he um, came off the screen, they both both the um, defenders went for him, and I just popped out and – it was like a, it was a, it was a good shot, like, and it was like a shot that I've been working with my, with my co with Coach Horning with as well. So it was something I was ready for. 
And I, I imagine the bench erupted after that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I lost it, but I knew that we had a couple seconds on the clock, so I had to like run back on defense. But after we just like went nuts. Yeah, nice. And then uh, let's talk about Monday's game. Uh, a, a narrow victory. You hit a couple of key free throws late. Take us through the play that led to your free throw uh, shots there. Uh, so we um, we had a play. It was in Michigan, and we have so one of our guards he, he attacked the zone, which is what we're supposed to. So the defense collapsed, and so I was in the short corner. And so when he was driving, I slid in. And he passed me the ball, and I knew that the bigs were in foul trouble, and our coach may have to continue to attack them to get them get them out the game. And so that's what I did, and I was able to. So I, I was able to hit those two foul shots. Uh, definitely, like something that's really helped me is that for every foul shot, I kind of like take it back to as if I'm in practice, where like our coach puts us in situations. So if you miss a foul shot, it's like a it'll be like a 30, which is a suicide. If you miss two, then like it'll be a, like a 17. And so I kind of like tell myself. After each each foul shot, I take all right. If you miss this, this is what you have to do, and it's just been working out. Almost putting more pressure on yourself, sort of. Yeah, but like it's like a lot. It takes the pressure off in terms of it in games. Like you're just taking it back to practice. It's something that you're doing every day, and so like that's something I'm more comfortable with this year. Great, great. And then um, obviously for the team as a whole, last year you guys you know lost to Southern Maine, lost to UNE. This year you beat both of them. Do you see that as kind of like a benchmark of wow? Okay, there's some nice progress this year. Yeah, definitely. This season is. Like when we get, especially with a lot of the, even like with sophomore year when we had my sophomore year where we had a really successful season, like there was a lot of teams that we owe, and like USM and UNE were teams that we owe because we shouldn't have, it should the game won the game shouldn't have even been close, and two like even if it was close we should have won, and we like made an emphasis this year because the teams like have had a really high shooting shooting on um, three point shooting percentage percentage against us, and so we made it, made an emphasis to cancel those out. And USM and UNE are both teams that went off on us last year and so we made sure made an emphasis to make sure if they're going to be scoring on us they are scoring in the paint and we have Malcolm who's like seven blocks away from breaking the record so like we're we were doing really good in terms of like protecting the paint and so as long as we can like chase them off the line and do what we need to do we continue to like we'll be able to continue to just being the teams that we should beat last year. Malcolm mentioned that you were in Boston over the summer uh what was that what were you doing there what were you working on basketball wise and maybe non-basketball wise? Uh, so I hadn't actually got an internship in Boston. Um, my coach was able to help me out with that, and a couple of other people. And so I was like worked for the Consortium of Energy Efficiency, and I just like worked on different um, um, industry reports for them, and uh, like several case studies and stuff like that. And it was actually nice because where I was um, where I was living over the summer was uh, was like a 10 minute walk from Boston College, and so it was actually where I was able to like I just got a summer um, gym membership there, and so I was able to like work out and play basketball in my free time. So it was basically like four times a week I was playing and lifting. So it was like it was really awesome for me. Great, excellent. Now going forward, um, what's you think the emphasis is going to be in practice these next few weeks? You've still got obviously you got some big games coming up. Obviously, Bowden's coming up right around the corner. Yeah, um, I think that especially well, we're going to take it. Our, we really try to make sure that we're focusing on each game, and like we don't want to look too far ahead. But definitely. Uh, I think the biggest goal, like especially for this week, knowing that we have a game tomorrow versus Babson, we want to make sure that, like, the game before, uh, the game for you for for UNE, um, we had earlier we had the carryover that we had, we had, they had a practice the day before this before UNE where it was like really we had like a not the best practice, so we was just like a step back to the previous practice that we had, and that opening in the opening half, like our coach came in, it's like yeah, you guys actually had some carryover this time. It was a really bad half for us, and we finally stepped it up and we were able to get get, the, get that win. So definitely, and like now, after each game we play, we want to make sure that we have carry. We want to have good practice because those good practices can carry over into the good games. And so, if we can continue that with Babson, if we can beat Babson, 
beat Hudson, and then like especially especially having our first home game in front of us, in front of the student crowd against Bowdoin and Colby, those can be a major major games for us, and we're really looking forward to that. Absolutely, we're definitely looking forward to those games. Should be great, uh, exciting men's basketball season underway here at Bates. Uh, Marcus Del Pesh, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Junior Emily Friedland's career-high 15 points sparked Bates women's basketball to their win over Southern Maine, and she followed that up with 11 points in the Bobcats' win over the Nor'easters. Friedland has scored in double figures every game this year for the Bobcats, and she is our female Bobcat of the week. As a junior, you're getting a lot of playing time this year. You're starting. What's that been like so far? Uh, it's been great. I think the starting five, four of them returning, um, I think we were all just starting to play really well together and just starting to have that chemistry that we've been waiting for. So it's been great. Coach Montgomery's been talking about how you're kind of like a defensive specialist somewhat, but you're also knocking down some threes. So what's it like to be able to contribute on both sides of the ball like that? Yeah, um, it's great. Um, yeah, normally I'm not one to score, but this year I've been um, focusing on my shooting and I've been working with uh, Coach Mike Seltzer a lot. So he's been helping me with that, which clearly has been helping in games, which is good. So it's good to be defensive and offensive, which is nice. I want to ask you about yesterday's game on Monday, uh, kind of a thriller against UNE, really close. So what was that like to be out there on the court for such a close game? Uh, they kept trying to come back, and you kept holding them off just barely. <laughs> it was really exciting. Um, towards the end, I think the whole time, we never doubted ourselves. Like Even at the end, when they started to come back, we just knew we had it. I think we came out with a lot of fire just from losing to them pretty bad last year. But I think we came out pretty confident, which was good. And then Coach Montgomery, this is her second year um, in the program. This is your third year. So what's it been like kind of transitioning over to the new coaching staff, if you will, even though this is now her second season? Uh, Coach Montgomery's great. We all love her. Um, she's awesome. She's been great these past two years. Um, she really helps us prepare for each game. Before games, she gets us in the right mindset, tells us keys to work on. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Great, and you're from Massachusetts, yeah. um, so we, uh, we get a number of uh, student-athletes from Massachusetts, but how did you decide to come up to Bates uh, originally back in the day? Um, so my brother actually went here and played football, so he was a senior and I was a freshman, so throughout his whole football career I've been coming up to games, so basically since day one, Bates has been my top choice, so it all fell into place and worked out for me that way. Great, great. And then Montgomery played seven players yesterday. I mean, it's it seems like uh, you got a couple first years that are adding some depth, but it seems like it's going to be a lot on you starting five, right? Yeah. Yeah, she does put a lot on us. But it's, I mean, we're, we work so hard in the preseason to get in shape. So I think she tells us all the time we're m m more conditioned probably than any other team, which I think is true, which definitely helps playing 40 minutes a game. It does look like the first years, Kristoffi and Candy have really had a big impact. What do you notice from them? Yeah, they've come out really strong. I don't. They definitely don't act like freshmen on the court. They're very confident, which is good, which we need. So I think everyone has confidence in them on the court. And then speaking of confidence, it must be nice to have someone like Nina Davenport who's not afraid to shoot it whenever you need it. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nina's unbelievable. Yeah, when she's hot, she's hot. Yeah, we can always count on her to get her the ball to score. And then you mentioned earlier that you're not normally someone who scores a lot, but you had 15 points the other day against, uh, you know, Southern Maine, and a career high for you. And so you mentioned you've been working on your shooting. What's what specifically have you been working on out there on the court to really improve your offense? Uh, I think well, I think outside of games, I've been working with, like I said, Coach Seltzer on my form shooting and stuff like that, which I think that has just been transferring into games. Um, I think just knowing that I'm confident, more confident in my shooting than I was before.
that it's been transferring into games, which is good. Yesterday, when Allie has to leave with four fouls, uh, what's what, what's the mindset on the team? What are you trying to? You were able to survive that stretch where she she wasn't in the game. Yeah, I think. I mean, like I said, we never got down on ourselves that we weren't going to win. I think Kelly came in freshman and um, did great. I think we all, like I said, have confidence in her. Um, but yeah, when she came back in with with one foul remaining, we still all just had confidence in her. I think coach told us, coach told Allie, don't foul. And so we can always trust her to do what she says. Right. And then so the team as a whole, what are some of the goals you've discussed uh, that would make this a successful year, you think? Um, I think one thing is consistency, which coach always says. We just have to be consistent. I mean, we came out strong against USM and continued that into UNE. So we just need to keep that going throughout the whole season. Um, And then we have goals for every single game, just certain shooting percentages and turnovers that we want to limit. So I think having those goals really helps us just play better and play smarter. All right, great. Well, Emily, thanks so much for your time. Congrats again on being our female Bobcat of the Week. Thank you. Also being honored this week was senior co-captain Allie Coppola. She earned main co-player of the week honors for her game-high 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists against Southern Maine. The Bates men's and women's squash teams host Bowdoin this Friday at 6 o'clock for their first home matches of the season. We sat down with head coach Pat Kosker to take an in-depth look at Bates squash. First of all, Pat, both these teams hosting Bowdoin this Friday for the home opener here at the Bates Squash Center. And, I mean, obviously Bowdoin a rival in every sport here at Bates, but how nice is it to have your home opener this year against a team that is so close by and such a familiar opponent? Yeah, it's it's great to host Bowdoin. It's always nice to to beat them. Um, we're really looking forward to uh, avenging one of the losses to them last year. The women had early in the year in December. Um, uh, we were fortunate enough to beat them twice later in the year, and the men beat them obviously as well. Um, but it you know throw out the records, throw out the the ladders, and uh, just go to it against Bowdoin. Um, but it'll be nice to to play them at home in front of our crowd and, and on our glass court, and um, really looking forward to it on Friday night. And then the women's team off to a two and one start this year. And what stood out to me at least early on in the year is the, the play of uh, Katie Bull and Molly Brooks, um, both sophomores. Molly obviously finished last year very strong, and she, it seems like she's picked up right where she's left off. Right, Katie and Molly both uh, work just as hard, if not harder, than anyone on the team. Um, it, it's great to have them a little bit lower in the ladder. They were, uh, as you said, thrown into the fire last year at the top of the ladder, middle of the, the ladder as, as first years. Um, and uh, with the with the uh, addition of Eliza Dunham and, and Lutza Polgar, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to, to be able to drop them a little bit. And um, I just really look forward to, to having them have some real success at uh, 7 or 8 or wherever they play this year. Um, I'm happy for them. They work really hard, and they deserve all the, the credit and the success they've had this far. Yeah, and Katie in particular, after playing at the three last year, to have her at, at seven and eight, that's a pretty nice luxury, right? Absolutely. Katie's Katie's great. She's in the building more than I am. Uh, she she works just as hard, if not harder than anyone. And um, as I said, she just deserves all the credit. She's, she's worked really hard, and um, for her to beat her Trinity opponent at Trinity in front of their fans and, and her folks were there and everything. It's just just really, really special moment for her, and um, there's many more of those to come. Yeah, you touched on a couple of the first years who are playing up the ladder here, uh, especially uh, Lutza Polgar at number two early on this year. Tell us a little bit about more, more about her and also about Eliza Dunham. Sure. Lutza and, and Eliza are both special kids. They're, they're really talented players. They work really hard. Um, they're committed, committed to the team and to the women working hard and, and beating uh, the the teams that we need to beat in order to move up the rankings and and to secure our our spot 
in the NESCAC rankings. Um, Lutz has, she's come over, she did PG last year at Hotchkiss and, um, you know, we're lucky to have her. She's a really special kid and, and fits in great with the, with the women's team and, and the men's team. Um, same with Eliza. Uh, she's just a, a real bobcat and, um, fights hard and I can't wait for her to have some real success at, in squash. And then a couple of, of course, key returnees in, uh, at the top, uh, uh Christina Alexova and Vicky Arjuna as well. Tell us about a little bit about their development you've seen so far in their second years here in the program. Yeah, it's really great. Christina, um, obviously led us, um, I mean, I think she had three or four losses all year last year and, um, and Vicky was right there behind her, both, both all NESCAC selections and, um, you know, who knows where they're going to be, whether it's one and two or two and three or one and three or whatever, it doesn't really matter. They're, they're really, um, really talented and skilled players. And, um, as, as, as they get older and develop and, and become more ingrained into what we're doing, it's just going to be really special to watch them grow and, and, and win. It seems like nothing ever bothers Christina. She never, she never, never shows too much emotion out there, right? She's unflappable. <laughs> Absolutely. She's, she's, she's great. She's, uh, she's steady. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the men's squash team a little bit off to a one and one start this year. And it should note that the one loss for both teams is to Trinity, one of the national powerhouses. So I wanted to ask you about playing Trinity so early in the year. Is that a good thing you think for your team to face such a league competition right off the bat like that? I do. I I think it's great. Trinity, um, obviously they have a different, little bit different model than we do. They, they have, uh, probably five or six former professional players between the two teams and, um, you know that's that's what they do, and they do it well. And, and obviously, it's it's great to go up against such a such a perennial power. Um, we're good friends. Obviously, we're we're NESCAC brothers and sisters, and um, we root for them when we're not playing them. But um, but yeah, it's it's good to see where we are against them. Um, I'm proud of the, the way that the teams worked and, and fought against them. It's tough to go down there and, and play them at Trinity in front of their fans, and um, with everything happening, and uh, you know we we fought we fought like Bobcats and and. Um, we played well, and it's a good good harbinger of things to come. And then Ahmed Hatata takes over as the number one player this year with the graduation of Ahmed Abdelkhalik. Um, I mean, have you talked to him about at all about what it means for him to be the number one player now, or do you think he's just ready to go? I'm really looking forward to him stepping away from from the outside of the shadow of Ahmed Abdelkhalik. He 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 deserves all the the credit. Um, he's he's our best player, and he'll be a great leader for us. And I I just really look forward to his senior year and. And having him, uh, you know, become the person that he he wants to be, and uh, you know, leading the leading the men's team. And I know last year at individual nationals was a little bit disappointing for him. So you think he's playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder this whole season? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, he's ready to go. He's he's looking forward to to finishing as as highly ranked as he can individually. But I think his his priority is to help the guys and and uh, focus on the men's team being the best that they can be. Tell us a little bit about some of the newcomers for the men's team. Yeah, so we uh, we added five first years. Um, we we have Mahmoud Yusri, who is uh, also from Egypt, coming in. He's probably going to play in the top three or four of our ladder. Um, great kid, hard worker, uh, fits right in. Obviously, Bobcat, uh, Graham Bennell is going to help us out in the middle. Uh, Benny McMish is uh, he's coming over from Williamstown. Um, he's going to help uh, give some depth to the ladder. Garen Rothenberg from Brooklyn. Also uh, fitting right in in the middle to the top of the ladder, and uh, and David Quintero, who's coming over from Santa Barbara, who uh, you know is a great kid, hard worker. There, I'm just really happy. The the first years are really tight with each other, and um, they've really bought into what we're doing here, and and have really helped the team become one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team that that I've had here in in eight or nine years. Um, just really looking forward to them 
getting underway here in January against the Williamses and Middlebury's and F&M's and, and some of the, the tough matches that we're going to have coming up. Yeah, and then looking at the men's team as well, you have Darius Campbell playing at the two this year after playing at the three, obviously, the past few years. I know he and Ahmed Hatato work together a lot. So what's that dynamic like to have those two working together um, for another year here? Yeah, yeah, one more year for the two of them. And, uh, you know, try not to look forward. It's going to be tough to, to see them go in May. But, um, but no, Darius is his fourth and final year here. Um, he's just been a stalwart at number at number three and – um, who knows? I, I, Ani Nambiar is is coming up too, so you know who knows if he can step into two or three or four. And um, I really see the the middle to the top of the ladder um, being one of our strengths this year. Um, you know, obviously the the bottom of our ladder is deep as well, so it it'll just be really interesting to see. But Darius is is uh, you know he's been rock solid at number three, and and whether he plays two or three or four, or even contends at number one, he he'll get it done. He'll get it done. And then sophomores, McLeod, Abbott, and Coley Cannon playing you know, more towards the bottom of the ladder, but probably really key this year. What are you seeing from them development? I know Coley really finished last year pretty strong. Yeah, they both worked really hard. I think uh, the transition from freshman year to, to sophomore year is a tough one. Um, we, we talk a little bit about the you know, sophomore year going one way or the other, but, um, but so far Coley and, and McLeod have, have stepped up. It's, it's a little bit tricky because, the, as I said, the team's deeper, so they're, they're kind of bumped down a little bit. Um, but, you know, we're just getting going, and, and they see that, and everyone sees that. And the competition for the middle to the bottom of the ladder is is really tight. And so, um, you know, I think that they're going to push each other and, and work hard to uh, to see where they fall out in February. Our, one of the challenges of our season is that it's a long one, and we really need to peak in, in February for NESCACs and Nationals. So, um, you know, being at the beginning of December or the end of November, it's, it's really tough to see where we're going to be. Um, but we just keep working hard day by day and um, stay together and, and focus on uh, today, and uh, we'll, we'll be fine in the end. Well, it's interesting. It is a long season, and after this Friday's home uh, matches against Bowdoin, the women and the men are both playing Bowdoin here at the Squash Center on Friday. You, you basically have a month without any matches. So wh- what do you tell your team? How, how, what's the schedule like for the team in terms of keeping themselves fresh? Because when you come back from uh, this month, you you play the Williams, you play Middlebury, you play Franklin and Marshall. Yeah, one of the one of the challenges of our season, of a winter season, is that we do have a couple breaks in there. We have a Thanksgiving week. We have the, the, uh, the holiday break. We have exams. We have midterms in January and February. Um, you know, it's one of the challenges that we that we go through. But but that's uh, you know one one of the things we talk about is that we're we're students first, and so um, we take a little bit of break here after after this weekend and and focus on academics and focus on the reading week and the exams and um, doing the best we can. One of our goals, one of the top goals, is to to finish with a cumulative three point two five GPA per team, um, and so that's what we focus on. To be perfectly honest, well, you know, the squash can wait for a little bit. We get back at it early on the second or third of January, so we'll have three or four days before we go off to Williams and Middlebury to to prepare for them. Um, really, now after after this weekend, it's about academics and um, you know handling the stresses and the rigors of of being a student, of being a student athlete debates, and um, that's why we're here. All right, Pat, thanks so much for previewing the Bates squash seasons with us. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, Aaron. The Bates men's and women's swimming and diving programs head to Brunswick this Friday and Saturday for the second annual Maine State Meet. Head coach Peter Casares updates us on each program's progress so far this year. Coach, first of all, two meets into the year. What are your initial impressions of both teams? Obviously, two meets, two victories for both squad. Yeah, I think um, 
Each year, it's really important us to bring back NESCAC victories to Bates, and we love doing that. And starting off the season with two for the men and two for the women is exactly what we wanted to see. Um, we've worked them hard, and a four-and-a-half-hour bus ride followed by a meet is never the most ideal scenario. So they're going in tired, and then after a long bus ride on top of that, um, and to see some of the swims that we had um, both Saturday and Sunday with back-to-back -back meets was a great example of the work they put in in the fall um, to get ready for the season and then just how good they're getting at racing um, once November 1st hit um, and it was time to start switching over from just training to uh, race preparation. Obviously, tons of great swimmers on both sides, the men and the women. Who are a couple of the performances that really stood out to you maybe in the first couple of meets? Um, on our men's side, um, uh, Teddy Pender continued to to uh, shine and swim very fast, come away with a lot of victories and some very fast first meet times. Um, J.D. Chow, a senior breaststroker on our team, was just on fire um, this first uh, weekend of swimming. Um, and that just bodes so well for his season. He's been working on some things, and to see that pay off was great. Um, on the women's side, DeHair keeps, keeps shining and keeps showing what hard work can really do for you. Um, her attention to detail and her ability to swim well all the time um, is so impressive and such great leadership and um, such a great example for the women's team. On top of that, we're just really deep um, on the women's side with lots of great performances from every class um, and our freshman women have fit in really well um, with the team filling some holes from the graduating class but also just being themselves and doing what they do really well um, and enjoying themselves and, and what bait swimming is all about and that's never easy um, coming into a new team freshman year. On the men's side uh, we are bigger than we've ever been really deep 1 through 29 I think we have right now um, a couple injuries and illnesses right now. One of our top uh, distance swimmers has been out with mono, um, Alexander Ignatov. So we're looking forward to him coming back. Another freshman, Kyle Kranz, um, had an injury. He's going to come back. Um, but still, uh, the depth has been great. And the potential in the freshman class is really huge. So they're going to be able to step up and make an impact. Um, and the men's team has just never been closer. They're really in it um, for some great things this year. And they're in it with each other, um, so there's a lot of spirit and camaraderie right now uh, that they're showing the freshman class um, each and every practice. So it's a lot of fun right now for us. Excellent. And um, the diving side, tell us a little about how – I know you have on the women's side, you have a great leader in diving, right? Yeah. Um, Coach Barley's got a great squad again this year. We have three women right now, four women actually. Um, one of our senior divers, Katie Stevenson, had a concussion, so she's yet to compete. That will be a huge addition for us when she comes back. Um, but Emma Jarzik has been um, phenomenal on the board since arriving here. Uh, Three-time all-regional diver or regional qualifier. We picked up a walk-on in Meg Robinson, who's great um, and is excited to improve and get better. And then um, a main state champion in Charlotte Janelle, um, who came uh, to Bates um, from just down in the Portland area. So it's great to have... Um, two or three women that are definitely going to be in the top eight and then four at the conference meet is a huge advantage for us. And then this weekend, I'm going to Bowdoin uh, for the second ever, I guess, what, Maine State meet, right? Yeah. We used to swim University of Maine this coming weekend, but both of us were approached by Bowdoin, who had uh, Coach Burnham down there, had a great idea of putting together a Maine State championship meet. Um, and so we're going to head down to Bowdoin 
um, for three sessions in two days. Uh, swimmers are going to swim nine plus events, and and they're going to get beat up pretty hard. But um, it's such a fantastic litmus test for where we're at um, and what a conference meet really feels like. So when you're swimming that many events in in three sessions. It really pushes what the body's capable of doing, but gives them great chances to race. And so they have to rise to the occasion when you're swimming against Maine's best swimmers, whether it's University of Maine or Bowdoin or Colby. Um, everyone brings it for their swims because it's a championship meet environment. And so they'll be pushed, um, and we're hoping to have some very fast swims to kind of cap off the first semester of hard work. Yeah, and then after that, you have about a month until you get going again, right, in terms of actual meets. Yeah, we'll we'll train the next week. Um, exam week comes, um, and the team does a great job of getting in the water in between their exams and keeping their feel for it. But we're off until um, we compete in Florida during our training trip. And so we'll have a meet down there um, early in January uh, before we come back. And then we come back and we um, race one of NESCAC's best in Middlebury. So they'll come off a training trip of intense work, um, and usually see some breakthrough performances after that type of work and, and that type of focus. It's, it's great to go on the training trip, I'll tell you. They, they just eat, sleep, and swim. Um, and uh, they get good at it, really good at, at the sport. So it's fun to, to see what happens when we come back. And then you head to Middlebury, which is one of the best pools against one of the best teams. And, man, it just puts itself um, in a position for great, great performances to happen if they're ready to take advantage of it. Who are maybe some swimmers who maybe have not been headliners, maybe not all Americans or all NESCAC or anything like that, but you see them maybe kind of having a breakthrough this year from what you've noticed so far? Well, you know, um, JD Chow obviously is, is just shown what senior year can do for you coming in ready to go and working on some things and getting faster. Um, Dan Walpole, one of our senior captains is just, uh, on the brink of, of that national level type of athlete. Um, and he's just been a, such a development over four years. It's fun to see something like that. Our other men, captains Jack Dina and Josh Rines, have um, something special going on right now too. Um, so they are in a great position as senior captains, all three of them, Dan, Josh, and Jack, to really uh, do something special in their senior year um, and have some fun with it. I'm always going to be surprised by someone. And I don't know who it's going to be this year, and I can't wait to find out who it is. Um, on the women's side, uh, strong performances in the past from Nell Hood should continue. Um, Julia Smacklow is an All-American for us. We're excited to get her back um, to that national meet this year. Um, and then the freshman class, the sophomores are strong. I mean, there's just a lot there um, that I can see going really well. Um, and if they get caught up in the in the team and in the moment, there's going to be a breakthrough from several of them. And we have a chance to bring our biggest squad ever to the biggest meet. Um, but we still have a lot of work to do. Um, and the conference meet's got to go well. we got to stay healthy. And if we're healthy going into it and we make it through those three days um, without any big blips or any uh, big adversity, they're going to be in a great position to shine and do something uh, no team's ever done before. Great. Last question for you. I was just curious about the team dynamic, kind of, because the women's swimming program has obviously sent a ton of swimmers to the you know, NCAAs the last few years. The men have sent a few, but maybe not as many. Is there a lot of motivation on the men's side to try to <laughs> you know, keep up with the women almost? Um, I, we've never seen it that way, okay. to be honest with you. We, yeah. we both, both, you know, the women were, um, 
think eight and zero or seven and zero last year in dual meets. The men just had one loss. Um, they both stepped away from the main state meet in December as champions. They both won CBB titles, um, and they both had great conference meets. I think you know the men's team is definitely hungry to get a relay back to the meet and get some more numbers there, and, and very motivated to do that. But what it comes down to in this sport is people going fast um, or diving really well and getting their best performances when when the most pressure is on you. And so we celebrate swimming our best or diving our best at the biggest meets. Um, and when both teams are doing that, which they've been both doing, um, kind of the places and the finishes go out the door and you just celebrate those accomplishments that both teams did. So I, um, you know, I guess if you look at the black and white, the objective numbers of things can see the two differences. But as far as the program and the, the closeness of both teams and the fact that, you know, we are two teams, men and women, but we're co-ed almost 90% of the time, really is just us all traveling together. And our women go bonkers for our men, and our men are so proud of our women. So it's a really great um, group right now. And the closeness, the tightness of the team is strong, just like it was when I got here 10 years ago. Um, and that's what we're really proud of, is they really enjoy each other, um, watching each other improve and being there for each other. And that's what I think bait swimming and diving has really been defined by, teams that have fun and go fast and improve. All right, Coach Casares, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us here on the Bobcast. You bet. Have a great one. Some more Bobcats from our fall sports earned awards this week. With sophomore Taylor Loff earning second team all-region honors from the National Field Hockey Coaches Association, and nine Bobcats earned a spot on the NESCAC all-sportsmanship team. For a complete list of the all-sportsmanship honorees, head to athletics.bates.edu. A busy week lies ahead for our basketball, squash, and swimming and diving programs. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, Bates, my